Hi folks, Jean here and welcome to this week's episode of Have You Ever Read? Now, before we go any further, I just want to apologise for this two-week hiatus. I recently just moved city and I've been all over the place. I did warn you though that I am a one-man band, so you'd have to bear with me. I am settled in now, so God willing we'll be back to weekly episodes. Before we dive into today's show, I wanted to take a moment to pay tribute to Queen Elizabeth II. As you might be able to tell from my accent, I am British. The Queen for me, and for many of us here, was a great example of an excellent leader who faithfully got on with her job of service. I think she was a good example of how we ought to live our lives as Christians in the public eye. Her life reflected her Christian values but never came across as overly preachy. Some will question the idea of monarchy and the negative impact it has had throughout history and why so much attention has been given to the Queen's passing. Many of these arguments may hold some truth in them, but I look at people as I see them. To me, despite the long-standing controversies around the British monarchy, Queen Elizabeth did the best she could with the cards that she was dealt, and I'm grateful to God for her life and the positive impact she had on the United Kingdom. Thankfully, as Christians, we have the promise and hope of the New Jerusalem. And for those of us who were not able to meet her in this life, we shall see her along with all the other saints and our loved ones on the other side. Now, back to today's episode. This week, I'm speaking to my friend Lola. Lola and I work together at an investment bank in London. When I joined the team, I was drawn to Lola's matter-of-fact Christianity. Lola didn't make her Christianity a big deal in the team. It was just who she was and the team accepted and respected her. It made joining the team extremely easy for me. I didn't have to explain if I was fasting or if I objected to certain jokes. Lola and I sat down to speak about Priscilla Shire's book on prayer, Fervent. If you've ever struggled with praying, which I think we all have, this is a great book to get your hands on. I hope you'll agree as you listen to Have You Ever Read Fervent by Priscilla Shire with my friend Lola. Hi everyone, Um, today I'm joined by my friend Lola and I will let Lola introduce herself to you. So hi Lola, can you introduce um, yourself to my audience, to the audience today? Yeah, sure. My name is Lola. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I met Jean when we worked together um, at a particular bank. And um, one thing that drew us to each other was our um, Christianity, obviously our faith. And, you know, we got talking and you spoke to me about your business. And yeah, it's just been quite good knowing you since you're quite a very ambitious person. And I think we kind of share that. Yeah. And yeah, it's been good. Yeah. So as Lola said, we know each other from work. And I would say I came to the team and mm-hmm. found Lola there and I I think Lola for me has always been a good example of how to do Christianity at work mm. I wasn't I didn't have to um announce to the team that I was a Christian because mm. Lola was already there it was so <laughs> easy I mean Lola was one of the is one of these um Christians who's unashamed like openly unashamed she would just say on the day she, she was fasting at church for example she would just tell the team I'm fasting and everybody in the team got it. It wasn't a big deal. And I think that's one of the things that drew me to her, her unashamed and openness about Christianity. And it wasn't a big deal. I don't think any, anyone in the team ever um, felt that she was preaching at them. Lola was no, just no. doing herself. <laughs> being herself. So, yeah, that's Lola. And that's why I wanted her on the podcast. Yay. Uh, <laughs> Lola, um, can you tell us a little bit about your Christianity in terms of, like, how did you come to know Christ? And... Yeah, yeah. What was your journey? 
What's your journey? Sure. Uh, so I'm one of those Christians that was born into Christianity. So yeah, both real. my mum and my dad <laughs> are both, um, you know, they're both pastors. So I've been that PK pastor's child for, you know, since I was basically born. Um, so as most PKs know, you know, you kind of grown up being forced to go to church, forced to go to, you know, Sunday school or prayer meetings and all that stuff. But I'd say it's really when I started going to university that I really began to experience Jesus for myself, if that makes sense. So yeah. before then I would do things like I'll do things in church, you know, I was very active with the kids, you know, we'll do a lot of um, plays and dances and all that kind of stuff. But it was more just because I was like, while I'm in church, I might as well, you know, make the most of it. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> so it, I was doing things. I was very active doing the pastor's child role. But I think when I went to university and I got to choose what church I wanted to go to or even choose if I wanted to go to church or not. Yeah. You know, there was a transition where I was like, you know what, I don't have to. No one's going to check for me. So, you know, and then I think, um, yeah, I just the more I started experiencing God for myself, having a more intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. It became less, you know, being a pastor's child and more being, you know, Jesus's child, you know. And um, I think, yeah, that was that was really it. I mean, I feel once you, I think every Christian can say they experience, you know, something. And I think university, where you know, I really came into my own, tried to do things by myself, and really realised I do need God. You know, my parents weren't there, my sisters weren't there, or my support system wasn't there, and you feel very, you know, a new town, you know, kind of like questioning yourself a lot. And the closer I got to God, the more I found peace, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So just on that, right, because you could have gone two ways, right? You could have gone, mm. found a different support system, because um, mm. that's what happens mm. to a lot of people. Like, yeah. as you're yeah. saying, pastors, kids, they come to church, mm-hmm. they come from church and then they come to uni and they have this freedom. So what was it for you that actually made you say, okay, it's not, that I need um, just a general support system that I should mm. maybe depend more on God. What what was there a trigger? Did you speak to somebody? How did that work out for you? Do you remember? Um, I just think I'm quite close to my family. So like I have two sisters and we're literally like best friends, you know, the three of us. And I think going to another town and just not having that, you know, so you're very right. A lot of people do go to, you know, I mean, I've heard stories of, other PKs who've gone to uni or not even necessarily pastors children just Christians yeah. who've gone to uni and they found support systems and other things that are not necessarily you know godly and I did try that you know I went clubbing I tried to be cool and hang out with you know certain people but I know whenever I'd come home and it was just me I just still didn't feel very satisfied you okay. know I didn't feel very you know fulfilled you know yeah. and as much as you can call your mom your four sisters I felt quite alone you know but I thought after trying those things and just seeing like, you know what, this is not going to really give me any fulfillment. I was like, okay, let me just try this thing with God a bit more, you know, and I would just like go to church and actually listen to the sermons, you know, start going to, you know, more prayer meetings with people my age. And I mm-hmm. think that independence of not, oh, because my dad's and I should go because my mom's watching, you know, yeah. although my parents are very relaxed, but, you know, as a pastor kid, people are always looking at you. But me doing it for myself and, you know, even when I, got to uni I tried because redeemed is quite uh you know yeah. once you're known in redeemer my pastors my parents are quite um senior pastors once you're known people start treating you a bit differently so I made sure to really not announce myself as much as possible not say my surname you yeah. know because oh, <laughs> oh, you know and then I found you know what I'm accepted just being myself I don't have that attachment of oh you're this person's daughter or you know this kind of thing it just made me feel okay 
I'm I'm good with God by myself. I am who I am in Christ, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So let, let's unpack a bit about the pastor's kid thing because oh I God. do have <laughs> I do have a few friends who are pastor's um, children and mm. uh, for, for, for each of them, they respond differently, right? How, mm. how, how have you responded to that pressure? Because there's the pressure of having to live up to the fact that you're the pastor's child. You don't mm. want to disown them or disrespect them in any way but then yeah. there's also the pressure of being seen as like a snitch there's that side mm-hmm. <laughs> also how do you know who your friends are in the in church because some people are just talking to you because you're the pastor's child how did you deal with that mm. growing up in the church I, I would say like I was quite fortunate with the kind of parents I had they very much let me do what I wanted to do Obviously, my, my dad's the kind of person who raises you. He'll tell you his stunts, mm-hmm. tell you the benefits and let you make your decisions. I can never forget there was one day I went away. Or me and my friends, we were going to go to a party, like a club and everything. And I told my dad, and he's like, oh, you see, you really want to go to this party? I was like, yeah. He goes, okay, that's fine. Do that. But you have to be at church <laughs> at 8 a.m. for prayers. That's my only condition. And I remember we went out, woke up in the morning. I think we all shared a hotel room. I'm the only person who woke up at like 7 o'clock. <laughs> like frantically getting showered and rushing for the train literally rushing into church you know and I just remember like I always remember that story because I tell like my sisters and anyone who's like you know trying to put pressure on people that one thing I did like about my dad is that he let me make my decisions yeah and I remember there was one day I think I was out I was wearing like a little dress and like high heels and I was just like this is just not comfortable I'm just tired of this life like for what reason I would rather just be at home wearing my pajamas and you know or I prefer like games night with friends or you know going to dinner with or brunch with girlfriends but he let me let that thing be tiring he didn't you know force it down my throat like you cannot mm-hmm. go to a club you cannot go to this I kind of like realized that on my own so in terms of like the PK I never got pressure from my parents per se right, right. you know they would always tell me their stance and explain like for another example my sister wanted to go to um a particular co- um, concert and I remember my dad was like to her, like, look, I've done some research on this artist that you're going to. You know, because he asked these questions, like, well, who are you going to see? Yeah, he's still and your he, parent, right? He's your parent. Still parent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he did his research and he literally said to her, look, I've done this research on this person and I'm seeing there's a lot of stuff about, you know, Illuminati and this, that, and the other. And he actually presented the research to my mm-hmm. sister. And he's like, but this is now your decision. So she looked through everything and she was like, I don't know if I can go. Like, <laughs> scary. But he didn't do it in a guilty way. Like, yeah. oh, this person. He was like, look, it's your decision, but this is this is what you're going to expose yourself to, you mm-hmm. know? And I remember she went to another concert one time and she literally, before the guest artist came out, she actually left because she said she could feel something in her spirit that was just completely off. Wow. And the last week, the week after, the person announced that they were a witch, you know? Wow, wow, wow. So it was one of those things that, We've never gotten pressure from our parents. Well, who we do get pressure now yeah. is from the whole congregation. <laughs> you know, I'm late to church. Ah, I'm a pastor. Like, like I'm Nigerian, so yeah. Omar means child. The child of a pastor, you're late. You know, ah, I'm a pastor is wearing this. I'm a pastor is wearing that. I'm not just like, oh, God. So that's, those are the kind of difficulty. In terms of friends, um, never really had issues in, but, you know, we make, I don't think people our age care too much about mm-hmm. who your parents are. Do you understand? Yeah. So, my friends in church were my friends in church okay. were generally friends in church and I think because they know how open I am in my parents they, they there was not they knew there was no fakeness if I was yeah, if yeah. They, like, even I would tell them like guys are 
I'm going out with you tonight, but I have to go home. I have to be, I'm going to wake you guys up in the morning because I need to use the shower and I need to be up by seven. Yeah. So they knew what it was. And they yeah. knew that my dad said you can come, but these were his conditions. So they didn't, you know, they kind of just respected that and they know how, you know, open we are as a family. But I think going to, being a pastor's child and being in the Nigerian church is quite, you know, Nigerians are quite in your faith people. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone wants to raise everybody. So there'll be times that we felt a bit like me and my sisters would say, we felt a bit shunned. Like they wouldn't want to pick us because we can't keep putting the pastor's child first. Or if they want to be hard on people, if a group of us is talking, it's my name. Lola is the one who, you know. Yeah. So, but it is what it is, to be honest. Yeah. So how would you, what would you advise somebody who is younger than you and is currently going through this kind of pressure where the congregation perhaps of the church that they're in is giving them this sort of pressure. And mm. they're like, they're probably thinking I'm done. Like I, what do I need to do this? Do I need to be here? Yeah. I mean, I would give like my, I'm the eldest of my two sisters. So um, obviously I've got married and I've left the church now, but my sisters are both still there and they still have their struggles. But what I tell them all the time is that before you're a pastor's child, before you are, um, you know, whoever you are in church, or whether you're in the choir or you're in multimedia or whatever, you're God's child, you Amen. know. And the only person you need to impress really is him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like so long you and God are fine, it doesn't matter what other people say because people's opinions change as they the change. Time, I mean, yeah. all the time. Like the one day it's, <laughs> like literally like the weather, <laughs> one day it's okay for you to be doing this, another day they're like, oh, no, you know. So I would just say, make sure you and God, like, I really believe Christianity is a personal thing, you mm-hmm. know. I don't really like religious things, like, oh, you must do this and do that. Although, obviously, like, if we're fasting, I'll fast, you know. But even if I fast and I just feel like, oh, I'm not, well, I'm not doing, I'll take a break if I need yeah, to and yeah. enjoy the fast later because, and I'll tell God, like, you know, I'm not, this week, I'm going through a bit. If I fast, it's going to be more of a hunger strike yeah. rather than a religious, a you spiritual, know, a, a yeah. spiritual thing, exactly. It's, and I'll tell him, look, I need this week off, you know. So that's why I just tell anybody that's going through that is between you and God. The Holy Spirit will check you. I know the Holy Spirit yeah, checks yeah. me all the time. You know? as, as, as for that, it will happen. <laughs> it will happen. So <laughs> if he's not checking you, no one else can check you. So. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Thanks, Lola. Appreciate your no advice problem. on that. Yeah. So this puts this a podcast about but actually, no, sorry, before we go into the books aspect, you mentioned that you're in Redeemed Church. I mean, I know yeah. of Redeemed Church. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your church experience? So you mentioned mm-hmm. that you were in the church with your parents but then now you're not so what, what what type of church are you in now is that still redeemed it's still redeemed I, I I actually really love redeemed you see with this generation some people love redeemed some people don't you know I personally um so redeemed is a it's a church that was um, founded in Nigeria mm-hmm. and it's headed by um our general overseer daddy Gio we call him fondly his name is pastor Ie Deboye and um, one of the main reasons I tell people all the time that I'm still in this church is because of him. You know, mm-hmm. I absolutely stand for Daddy Gio. He's um, a great, great leader. And um, everything he does is based on the principles of God. You know, it's, he's very much down to biblical. Everything is biblically based on him. The leadership is very important. And I know, also, I left my dad's church. He's part of Redeemed. When I got married, we moved to another church. And... Um, the, the leadership for me was just not okay, you know. So I literally went through a period. I when my husband was talking about it, that we felt like homeless people because mm-hmm. we just didn't have a home in church. Like we left that church, and there was a few months between um, just visiting different churches, and it was just it just felt really unsettling. Like I just 
yeah, I'm very happy we finally found a church, um, Pavilion of Redemption in Hoddesdon that we go to now. And it's amazing. It's literally, in fact, the way God led us there was fantastic. It's a redeemed church as well. Yeah. But I just feel like, yeah, you just have to be comfortable wherever you do go. It's Pentecostal. Um, but yeah, that's that's really cool, cool, cool. I think I think you're right that there are a lot of things that have become traditions in Christianity. Mm. And sometimes when our traditions are changed, we mm. don't necessarily check what the Bible says. We yeah. we 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 respond to history and think mm. that there's a controversy when there isn't actually a controversy and like you said a lot of the time things are down to what you can accept as an individual Agreed, I think a yeah. lot of the time people including me to be honest is something I've struggled with they they complain and don't make an actual decision to actually say okay I can't accept this mm-hmm. and then move on with their lives they just yeah. constantly complain but like you're saying as long as you're able to find a place where you're settled Mm. and you believe that the Holy Spirit is working through the leader and go. speaking to you, then, yeah. I mean, that's it, really. What more can you want? The whole point of that's the it. church is about your growth. It's so, a, that's idea, this, yeah. This, so, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> um, so we better start talking about the book. So, Let's do that. <laughs> um, so do you want to tell us what book you've chosen and why? Yes. Um, I chose Fervent by Priscilla Shera. So it's um, titled a, a Woman's Battle Plan for Serious, Specific and Strategic Players. That's the book I chose. So why did you choose this book? So actually, my dad bought this book. He bought myself, my sisters, um, different books, but this is the one he gave to me. Okay. And so it was actually just given to me and I was like, mm. but I like Priscilla Shares. Number one, I've kind of followed her a lot on Instagram. You know, this, this um, what's it called? The War Room? Yeah. The movie that came out. Yeah, so that got really popular and I kind of, when I followed her on Instagram and I would like watch her YouTube videos and I just you know I really related with her so I was like okay I think that's actually why my dad got me this book because he knew I was very into the book but I think why I got this especially is because there was a particular period in my life where prayer was tough yeah you know very very tough and I feel like it's just like a normal human relationship if you're not really happy with the person like whether it's your sister, your husband or whatever, it's very difficult to talk to the person. And I know there was a period in my life I wasn't happy with God, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I didn't really want to talk to him at the time, but I definitely wanted to be close to him. So what I would do is I worship a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, I want to talk to you in terms of like what I'm going through, <laughs> but I would worship him a lot, you know? I would um, read my Bible because obviously I still wanted to hear from him. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm not talking <laughs> to him, I want him to talk to me, you know? That makes so, sense. You know, I'd read my Bible, try and hear from him. But I really struggled with prayer. And when I would even pray, I just felt like my prayers were religious. Right, right. Like I would have to start with this and say that. And I just, you know, I just felt like I needed some guidance. And I feel like this book really did help with that. Okay. And how, how did the book help you with that? So how, yeah. So, how the book helps is basically, it kind of, I like how it's specific to women, you know, because I feel like, especially since being married, that, a woman really does carry her house in prayer. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Like, a man is definitely the head, he's the leader, he's got the vision, but it's um it's down to a woman to pray that vision into, you know, into existence, you know. Like, I think, I don't know, we were talking, I was talking about it with one of my counsellors one time and she was saying how when she goes to a lot of churches these days, it's really the women that you see at prayer meetings. I don't right. know if it's the same in your Yeah, yeah, your yeah it's true. It's true. It's mainly women that you see pray. Men, I don't know where they are, what they're doing, <laughs> but I just feel like it's so important to pray, you know? And I like what she did in the book. She kind of broke down each chapter for different things that we need to pray in our lives. Because I have it here. So, you know, the first thing we prayed about is our passion, you know? 
what we're passionate about and you know and stirring you know stirring up that passion by couple of focus you know I like this chapter probably my favorite chapter in the book because she talks about who you focus on yeah yeah so like if you're having an argument with someone um you have to see beyond that it's not the person it's yeah. actually the devil you know so if someone's like let's say you have a blessed day god's about to bless you blah 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 and someone now cuts into you you know cuts in front of you and the thing you will now just start shouting or you know letting the road rage come out and she's like that was actually the enemy trying to scare you off guard and it's yeah. like you need to be not ignorant of the devices of the enemy she talks about your identity your family your past your fears um, your purity your pressures your hurts and your relationships so it was really nice that she kind of broke those things down because one one of the reasons that really put me off praying I just felt there was just too much to pray about right. I don't know if you've ever felt yes so I have felt overwhelmed yeah it's like, if I even start, I'm going to just sleep her and it's just too much. But I like how she kind of broke it down and made you, like, kind of focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, know? I think, look, I agree, totally agree with what you're saying because when I read the book, mm-hmm. actually, firstly, I felt the title was a bit, looking back, I now feel that the title is a bit misleading because okay. in when it's called Fervent, you would expect mm-hmm. it to be, like... um how to pray as in uh yeah. te- like you set yeah. your t- say at this time pray for this amount yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. actually what she's trying to say is that yes these are strategies that mm. you can use to pray like you're saying she gives these different topics and also one of the things like you my favorite chapter was the t- chapter about your focus because yeah. what she does brilliantly i feel in the book is to actually remind us actively that the whole thing that we're against is the enemy enemy uh, yeah the whole thing is that the enemy is trying to prevent us from praying. Agreed. Yeah. And I think one of the things that was another thing that she did that was really masterful, I think, is that mm-hmm. not only did she list the different topics, but she actually explained that he's attacking these things to prevent you from praying about these exactly. things. These things, so exactly. That. A lot of the time we would say, okay, I can't, I don't have the time to pray. That's why I'm not praying. Mm. Or um I've got too much work on so that's Mm. why I'm not praying but actually what she's saying is no you have a problem with your identity because you Mm. feel worthless about yourself that's why you're not praying yeah as soon as you accept that actually Mm. I have an identity problem you're able to overcome it and then pray about it and then um it's easier to pray so yeah um Mm. you're right um about I agree with what you're saying so (laughs) You mentioned your um, favorite chapter already. Okay, so what would you say in terms of the impact of your relationship with Christ? So you mentioned that you struggled for a bit um, in praying, but mm-hmm. how do you think that the book has actually helped you overcome that struggle? It's made me kind of like what you said earlier, realize that it's not an option not to pray. Does that make sense? And now I know every time I don't want to pray, I clearly know that this is the devil who's making me not want to pray. You know, whenever I feel like I don't want to pray about something, it makes me, the book is giving me a different insight. And now it's like, it's kind of like, you know, when you're working out and you're running on the treadmill and the, the trainer will tell you when you're feeling the most tired, you need to push through because that's when you're really, really burning your calories. You know, that's the time when you're really going to like get the best results. Likewise is how I feel now. Whenever I feel I don't want to pray, even if it's a short prayer, even if it's just, you know, quoting a scripture or whatnot, I need to pray because this is definitely the enemy. The enemy knows what's going to happen if I do pray and he's trying so hard to make sure I don't do that, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah that's kind of the main thing, really. Yeah, and I but think... Like, in general, 
yeah no sorry sorry you can go on no go on, go on. <laughs> I was just going to say that um just a time with that because she mentions she, the, the foundational verse I think she's using throughout is um we wrestle not against um That's flesh true. and blood mm-hmm. and and I think that again you're right that reading the book I've just realized just to reiterate the point that yes it is the devil and I think she uses this really good analogy that I never thought about before of 3D glasses she says that yeah. when you go to watch a 3D film and you don't have on your glasses you don't actually see anything no. but then you just it just looks all blurry and you actually think what's going on and she was saying that that's actually how it is for us in the spiritual realm it's only when we put on the 3d glasses that we actually see oh my enemy is right yeah. here in front of yeah. me yeah. and i just had no clue and yeah. that she said that often one of the things that we're doing is we're attacking our boss we're attacking our husband when yeah. actually yeah. it is it's the enemy so yeah, yeah you're gonna say something definitely it makes me i think since reading the book i've been very sensitive to situations like i remember last year i think we had like a family dinner well we kind of got family because my family and i are very close yeah and like everything was going well and i don't know how it flipped into serious discord <laughs> like everyone was fighting everyone well not literally fighting but like yeah. you know just one, one person's annoyed with this person i just sat there and i was just like this is 100% the enemy. Because I remember um, the story in um, or Babylon, you know, yeah. when they were building the, 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 the tower. Double, yeah. and even God himself said that if these people continue to work together, there's absolutely nothing they cannot achieve, yeah. you know? And if God realised that, definitely the devil, you know, definitely, realises that. And I just sat there, the old people were like, okay, we need to like have a family meeting. Yes. We need to go on holiday, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And I just prayed, you know, and I shared it with them. I let everyone calm down. The next day, I put this in the group chat. And I was like, okay, what happened yesterday wasn't a physical thing. It wasn't a normal thing. I want us to all understand it was a spiritual thing. The enemy knows we're close and he's trying to divide us. And I want us to just, before we continue arguing people, just think what's really emerging. Is it pride that's setting or is the person really doing? I want us to, I said, like, we need to kind of see who the real culprit is. Yeah. It's not my dad, my mom, my sisters, my husband. Do you know what I mean? it's the enemy and we yeah. have to kind of be wiser and throughout this book this picture that this keeps coming to me is that we cannot be ignorant of the devices yeah. of the enemy this he's is extremely it. crafty yeah he's extremely wise yeah he will attack the things that he knows are important to you but he's not going to be baked by it you know he's going to be very sly he's going to be very you know make it look like oh you guys are just having an argument oh you guys were you know because you stepped on someone's toes no, he knows exactly, like, because we pray a lot together and he mm-hmm. wanted, for a long time, we were just kind of like, look, everyone do their own thing, you know, we can't really hang out as a family, but I was now, you know, I think before the book, I wouldn't have seen it the way she's kind of explained it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think um, she says something similar to what you're saying um, about, uh, I think she uses Luke 4.18 and she, in the temptations of Christ and uh, I think the devil waited for an opportune time yeah, yeah. and as you said the, the verse about um, Satan being actually quite cunning we know that mm. he's a roaming liar looking for people mm. to devour and I mm. think like you're saying that often we don't think about how crafty and how cunning he is and that yeah. actually he is out to destroy us and the family yeah. point that you mentioned because there's a whole chapter about the family yeah and as i was reading it i actually thought this week because lola we had it like there was a family mix-up on <laughs> <laughs> on last week sunday i wasn't there right yeah but this thing has been a topic of discussion in the house every single day for oh the whole gosh. week 
and I've wasted so much time this week. Like I was planning to write some towards a book I'm trying to finish by the end of this quarter. I needed to do some stuff for the podcast. And there was just one line that she said that the enemy wants to distract your time. Yeah, Half of definitely. these things, these arguments that we're having in our family are literally just that's about it. distraction. Yeah. And, and, and like you're saying, it's the realization that mm. actually everything is about this enemy who's trying to get us. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't, I guess I knew, and I guess people are listening to us kind of mm. know that Satan is out there, but yeah. it's easy to forget it. It's, it's easy to forget life. it. Yeah. And it's easy to kind of um, discard it as something natural, like, oh, it was just this, and oh, you know, like, when you're ready to pray, oh, my friend just called me, like, one of my baby sister, I literally love her to bits, I promise you, every time I'm about to pray is when she calls me, <laughs> she's even called me during this podcast, I have to silence her, you know, but obviously I'm not saying she's the devil or yeah, anything, yeah. but the enemy can even use what you love to distract you, because yeah. sometimes I'll be reading my Bible, like, oh, but I have to answer her call, and what's, what if something's up, you know, that's my sister, not against you're definitely not the devil but the enemy mm. can use what you love to distract you you know they can use someone's child you know to distract them they can use anything to distract you it's one of those things that you just have to decide no i'm not going to lie i see what you're doing yeah and i will call her later you know yeah. i'll call her after or you know i will you know i find sometimes when i'm reading my bibles when i'm now thinking oh I need to email this person or let's do that do this or that's when i start noticing that the room needs to be tidied up all distractions and before I would give in to those distractions yeah I'd be like okay god give me a second you know I can't concentrate unless I put this there and put this there but now I'm like you know I see what you're doing enemy. I'm gonna do that after yeah totally agree um closely related to that what mm-hmm. would you say how has the book maybe impacted your 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 life as in maybe your marriage mm-hmm. your um work or wider relationships um definitely has impacted my marriage because um, I'm the firstborn, like I mentioned before, and most firstborns we're very, very bossy. You know, we like to be in control. Since getting married, one of the things that I struggled with the most is submission. You right. know, yeah, and especially more because my husband's the middle child. Like he's got two okay. older brothers and then two twins after him. Yeah, so he's the kind of he's such a chilled guy. Yeah, know? he doesn't. Yeah. He's used so, to not rocking the boat. He's just a, you know, <laughs> no, but he doesn't doesn't really mess with him at all. But like, I still would want to try. You know. And I just realized there was a time where we used to argue a lot about the most, honestly, we could argue about anything. I mean, what was the, like, okay, in our room, we have an ottoman at the end of the bed. Mm-hmm. And he, when he like gets really scared to bed at night, he would take off his clothes and put it on there. And I can't stand mess. Yeah. And I was like to him, look, just put it in the wardrobe or put, I like, don't leave it there. And he was like, you're like, why do you make these small things an issue? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I see what you mean, you know? And then I went, well, since reading this book, what it's taught me, is that you really can't change anybody. Yeah. You have to take a lot of things to God in prayer. You know, in the family part, she talks about even when, you know, you're allowing your husband to frustrate you or distractions of your kids or whatever it is. I think lately, and I, my husband's actually noticed, I don't talk so much anymore. Okay. You know, what I'll do is if he's done something, I don't like it. I will say it once and I leave the rest to God, you know, and I literally will pray about it. And honestly, the way the Holy Spirit has been working, I was like, you know what? She wrote there one time that I think she wrote it that, most of your battles you fight on your knees yeah and it's honestly been the most powerful thing ever where you know sometimes you feel especially as a first one i'm used to selling someone telling someone to do something and they hear me and now i have to be quiet but honestly letting god fight your battles just taking to him taking it to him in prayer has been completely fantastic to the point now that my husband comes to me with prayer points and he actually said to me because i know when you pray god answers 
say, because he has a business that he does on the side and he can say, well, I pray for my business. You know, I know when he literally said the word for word, I know when you pray, God answers, which means wow. I'll tell him something, he won't answer. <laughs> and something will make him, you know, something will force him to do what I've asked him to do, you know? So that's just, it's really let me, it's really like, you know, not to describe it, but it's really taken a lot of pressure off me. I think that's what prayer, I've learned prayer does. Yeah. You literally do take that burden that you have, you know, and I think she quote in the book that, come on to me who you know you that are tired you know and let's exchange our yokes you know take mine mine is light I'll take yours yours is heavy I'm paraphrasing by the way but that's made me feel a lot you know I'm not gonna keep taking all this because it's beginning to affect my health affect my mental health especially during lockdown now I just feel like if I leave it to God it's now God's responsibility to deal with it and I feel like that's where I really get that peace that peace that surpasses you know all 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 understanding Whereas before prayer to me, that I must pray and I must see it the next day, you know? Whereas now I'm like, I pray and I leave it to you because I really do trust you work it out. I mean, I think that's a really good way of of summarizing what prayer is. I mean, Mm. I I I don't think I'd I'd maybe understood it in that way, that actually Mm. it's an exchange. It's, it's, It's more, here it is, God. You're, I'm handing, I'm literally handing it to you because I'm actually giving it to you. It's okay. Yeah. And then you don't have to fight a battle. Um, you did mention that the she puts the verses in the book. I think that's something that we should to talk about because what she does mm. do, we've mentioned that she um Priscilla Shire mentions um different topics to pray about. Mm. Um, but actually at the end of each chapter, she gives you a list of verses that yeah. you can actually use towards the prayer topic. So for mm. those of us who this might be the first time we're praying, because I mean we've kind of made the assumption that everybody knows how true. to pray. Yeah. She actually says, like, you can take the verse and yeah. literally turn it into your prayer topic and what one of the good things about the book as well is that there's opportunity to write notes in the book yeah your own prayer topics and she kind of encourages she gives an example of how she uses the verse and advises that okay make this your own personal prayer topic so there's an actual practicality to the book yeah which i think is um quite useful um and at the end of each chapter she also gives you like a whole bunch of scriptures that could help you with um praying that particular topic because I'm I don't know if it was in the book or another sermon I listened to where it was like there's something so powerful as pray there's nothing as powerful as praying God's words you know and the pastor actually gave an illustration that his daughter came to him and asked for something after service and that child didn't leave him alone until he did it you know she was like what dad you said what dad you said you know and likewise when you pray God's word you can say but father you said in your word in wherever that this is what's going to happen. And therefore, he's almost bound. The Bible says that he honors his word above yeah. his name. And you already know how powerful the name of God is. All needs, everything bows to his name. Took yeah. this now of his word. So I think that's another thing I really learned from this book. You know, you don't have to. And I don't want, you know, I don't want people to feel like unless you pray specific scriptures and say, well, Father, your word said this. But there is a kind of um, benefit in having his word when you can you know make reference to it you don't even need to know it word for word you know you can just be like you don't even need to know where it is in the scripture you yeah. know but if you just know that somewhere in your word it says that this 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 you can hold into it yeah. analogy i kind of when i was thinking about it is that is that someone who wants to lose weight you know you can definitely eat you know eat low calorie meals and work on your food but then when you add exercise to it it kind of speeds up your yep. weight loss yep. likewise you can pray to god from your heart and he will hear you you Definitely. know i feel when you add his 
when you add his word to it, it just carries weight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it make, yeah, it yeah, yeah, attention. yeah. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, that's a very good. You're good at these analogies. <laughs> I try Lola. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's, that's, I never thought of that. Wow, that's good. I'll yeah. take that. Put that in my back pocket for a rainy day. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I one of one of the things I wanted to do with this podcast, right, is mm-hmm. not just make us sing a song about how great a book is, right. I think that people tend to think um, about Christians that they only they sugarcoat things. So, mm. I also want to talk about what you may, th- what do you think people may find a bit controversial about the book, or maybe to put it another way. What mm. challenged you and made you think, mm, I'm not too sure about this? Um, I'll be honest, it took me a long time to read this book, you know. But that's because of the way I was reading. I read it more of like a, a study book. So I literally have my book itself and then a notepad where I was mm. like writing notes, you know. I'm not going to tell you how long it took me to read it, but it took me ages to read it. But um, controversial, hmm. I think the other thing I'll say is it depends on your level in Christianity. If I was at university reading this, mm. I might have found it a bit, um, oh, you can't blame everything on the devil. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I find it very much like, I thought it's only because I've experienced some things that I'm like, okay, I can identify with that. Actually, yes, I can see where the enemy was behind that. But if you're new as a Christian, and this is not to sound patronising at all, it can sound very okay, the devil is this, you know, you fall down is the devil, you know, you break a place is the devil. <laughs> you know? Why do you have to put a Nigerian accent? I don't know. Just... <laughs> when the real drama comes out, my Nigerian accent comes out. <laughs> but yeah, it just sounds, um, yeah, it can be, it can be that. But honestly, as much as it can sound like that, it does actually show you how much the devil is behind a lot of things. There's not, you know, I know we can't blame everything on the devil, but there were actually a majority of things that he does kind of, you know, he is behind the scenes on, if that makes sense. Yeah, so. yeah. I think to your point, I think she does raise that as a point that she's not, she's not, like she's identified that that could be a criticism too. Like she's not actually mm. saying that because yeah. the truth is there are other things that could be the result of our problems of course, right yeah she does actually the, yeah. um sin ha- always has consequences yeah so, i mean there are some things that we do whether mm. they're whether it's intentionally or unintentionally there will always be consequences right she comes so, out in the purity section I yes think, she does yeah. and then also there's also the fact that the world is the world right after mm. the curse <laughs> um <laughs> after the curse work i mean the world is hard so there is that aspect to it. But like you're saying, um, I think one of the things that she says to to differentiate between when perhaps even God may be teaching us something and yeah. is Satan is to go by the way you feel. So um, not to be led by your feelings, just to be clear, but it's more yeah. that whenever I do, if I make if I commit a sin, yeah, say, there will be two responses. Right. If God is convicting me by his Holy Spirit, I will feel conviction and feel mm-hmm. that okay I've done something wrong but now I need to be better there are I know mm-hmm. how to overcome this either through his word through prayer mm-hmm. confessing my faults to another person and then getting healing but when it's the enemy one of the character clear characteristic is condemnation yeah. if you walk away feeling condemned if you walk away feeling this is a disaster there's yeah. no hope the atmosphere changes yeah that's yeah. when we know that is satan so mm. I totally agree that 
it doesn't it's not always satan but there are Mm-mm. signs and one of the things that perhaps in the western church um mm. because we're becoming more secular more i don't want to say modern because i don't think modernity is the problem <laughs> maybe <laughs> turning away uh, our culture is not skewed towards god mm. we've kind of also turned our minds away from the spiritual aspect and then yeah. the role of the enemy so i yeah. think that's what she's trying to address in the hundred um, yeah, percent in the book yeah, she definitely does do that yeah i think okay. yeah yeah that makes sense all right um actually, yeah i just literally opened that page now she goes condemnation always leads to a guilt-laden discouragement while conviction though often painful is pointing out our wrongdoings still somehow encourages us and lifts us up yeah this so, is yeah. it this is crazy that this just opens that yeah. <laughs> um so is there anything else that you want to tell anybody about the book um actually I could think of something but yeah is there anything else that you would encourage anyone um to to about the book here just generally speaking what what before we close off it's definitely um I love the fact that it's specifically for women you know it talks about our roles in all different aspects of life from as a single woman to a married woman to being a mother grandchild, grandmother whatever it is you know it, it it kind of shows us our I feel like in Christianity sometimes women are pushed aside a lot you okay. know yeah the man is the whole the head of the home and man is and you almost kind of feel what is you know what is my purpose you know what is my um this but I think this book has really shown me the power that we have in praying you know we can carry, cover, and lift our family up in prayer. And um, another thing I'll say about the book again is that at the end of each chapter, I really do encourage people to try and read the um, what's it called, the little the scriptures that we have because they almost become weapons for later. You yeah, know, yeah. if ever I'm in a you know if I have a week where I'm struggling with my passion, I already know where to go. Yeah, like ten scriptures there ready for me even if I don't even if I'm just reading those scriptures back to God and saying you know you said in your word that this that and the other I think for instance the passion one it says um okay yeah the first one is creating me a clean heart oh lord and renew a steadfast spirit within me unless I've had a week where I'm just feeling very overwhelmed I just feel like I don't really have much passion you know I think this is go to God in your word in Psalms 51 verse 10 you said that you would renew a steadfast spirit within me yeah. renew my spirit the spirit of laziness the spirit of feeling overwhelmed I don't want that anymore give me that clean heart you promised me you know and that's there generally it's just an easy reference and almost a weapon against the enemy you know because literally again like the anchor scripture we wrestle not against flesh and blood yeah we can't literally flush fight the battle we can't fight the fight the battle we cannot fight the devil but even I think yesterday when I was using my Bible, I read Matthews, and right after each temptation, Jesus did not slap him, he did not kick him, he did not, he just used the word. This is it, well, precisely. The Bible says yeah. this, yeah. the Bible says that. So yeah. I just use this as my little weapon now. If I can't find scriptures myself, this is where I'm going to come. Well, that's that's deep. That's good. That's good to know. I was going to say about the, um, you, raised, you raised it as well, um, the role of the women one of the things because I forgot to say this earlier but one thing that I really was which I found really helpful is she gave topics in the family section that you Mm. should pray for your wife or your husband Mm -hmm. about how you can change their character and she also directed it um and when I say not sorry not change their character uh maybe change their qualities so for example for a husband more wisdom yeah. Or the wife, um, 
to be honest, I can't remember what she said, but she did um, make um, reference to both um, husbands mm-hmm. and wives. And I think what she said for people that are single like me, she yeah. said something that we shouldn't be, shouldn't dis- dis- discard it, the chapter and yeah. we should be wise and yeah. pray into our futures. I agree. Future spouse. Yeah. Before we've even had the first date, because then yeah. of course you'll know that, well, you won't know, but you'll have more of the assurance that mm. the will of God is being done. So I would encourage people to check out that chapter um, for topics on praying for your current spouse, if you have one, and for your future spouse, if you're not yet 100%, married. Yeah. 100%. I definitely agree with that. It's so, like an investment in your future. Maybe. This is it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And she actually gives uh, another thing. She gives topics for your children as well to pray yeah. into the yeah. future. So yeah. really, I mean, there's a lot in the book, guys. So I think mm-hmm. you should just check it out. Um, mm-hmm. So Lola, we've covered the book. So just before mm-hmm. we go, I want to ask you a few questions that I'm, I ask every guest okay. about your own reading habits. Okay. So first question is, what are your reading habits? Do you have any tips for the audience on how they can read more? My reading habits are horrible. <laughs> They're really bad. So anybody else who struggles to read, you're in good company. I'm here. Like, I remember this year, I was like, I want to read a book a month. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I went from not reading at all to now reading the book a month. I'm still, January's book, I think I've, I don't even think I opened it. Yeah, you know, but I'm happy at least I'm giving myself that challenge, you know. Yeah. So if I end up reading six books rather than 12, that's still. More than what you were doing know. last year. Yeah. More than what I was doing last year. So maybe it's going to be one book every two months to we'll figure it out. But yeah, I think the key is to find books that really interest you. You mm-hmm. know, the next book I'm reading is, um, it's called Hand, this late oh, what's her name? I feel really annoyed, but she has series on different women in the Bible. So okay. Hannah, Ruth, Deborah. So I'm reading the Hannah one right now and it's just completely amazing. Is I'll it... try and I'll run to my room and find it in a second. I forgot. Um, I just had someone in my head and I forgot her name. No, it's all right. Um, and then my second question is, do you have a f- favourite Christian author? Um, no. Jesus. Jesus is my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one is becoming... Um, I'm actually going to go and get the book. Give me two seconds. Okay. Her name is Michelle McLean Griffiths. Okay. And she does all these different um books. Oh, uh, the Hannah Anointing. Okay, yes. Okay. She's done my sister read one of my sisters reading the Ruth one. And I think the other one, I've had a friend reading Esther. Okay. So my aim, even if I just finished all her books, I actually read it initially. I think I stopped halfway. Okay. I'm trying to finish it. But yeah, she's probably gonna be my um favorite author because she really shows the power in women in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And she takes a story and doesn't just show, you know, what we read, you know, just the typical and kind of one is a baby. But she actually breaks down, like she talks, it calls becoming a woman of resilience, fulfillment and fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. And she really digs into the story of Hannah, behind Hannah, everything. And it's just a really, really, really powerful book. Okay. So she's what do you say? What's her name again? Michelle McClain. McLean Waters. Okay, great, great, great. So then yeah. um following on from that, you just recommended one book. Do you have two other Christian books that you could recommend to the audience? Um, all the other ones. She's okay. done Esther's anointing, okay. Deborah's anointing, and there's um Anna's anointing. Okay. And I'm actually reading um another ch- I'll call this my virtual church church, um, what's it called Transformation Church. I know there's okay. been a lot of controversy, but I still love Pastor Todd. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm reading his book, Crazy Faith. Oh, uh, Crazy Faith, yeah, that's I big now. I watched all it? the series, 
and basically like I love the series completely and he's basically turned each sermon into a chapter of a book yep and I'm reading that as well so okay. I would definitely recommend that especially if you know you're struggling with faith faith or something else difficult yes. okay cool well thanks Lola we've come to the end of our time together it's been great yeah. really enjoyed yeah. this conversation and guys all the books that Lola's mentioned um I'll have a link of them on my website so you can check them out and um, well, that's it from us this week and we'll see you soon have a good one guys <laughs> bye I didn't get to mention it in the intro, but I think Lola gave some great advice for PKs, aka pastor's kids. If you are listening and you happen to be a pastor's child, I do hope you are able to take on some of the lessons that Lola shared from her own experience. As I mentioned earlier, Fervent is a great book on prayer. What I liked most about reading it was how practical and easy to implement it is for those of us who have struggled with prayer. As ever, you can find a link to it and all the other books Lola mentioned on my website. It's slash podcasts. That's www.jeankabasomi.com slash podcasts. If you like this episode, could I please encourage you to do four things? Firstly, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Second and thirdly, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast whether it's apple spotify google podcast addict audible or somewhere else it really helps the algorithms get the podcast into the hands of other potential listeners and lastly can i ask you to share this podcast with anyone who might be interested in hearing about good christian books well that's all from me thanks for listening god willing i shall be back next week Until then, keep reading and seeking the Lord. God bless. Bye.